0: Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head, rent-free. This is episode 91. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis, sitting in the captain's chair. Uh, the guys are indulging me this time. Uh, our heroes. Uh, we've, I've noticed a lot lately that we, it's all fairly recent stuff, histor- historically speaking. Uh, I want to change that this time here. Uh, One of my heroes, somebody I really, really have read a lot about in recent days and really think the heck a lot, uh, I think is not known well, uh, the French king, Louis XIV. I truly believe so much of modern Europe and therefore the world we live in today, we owe a lot to this guy here who reigned for 72 bloody years in France. 72 years, 110 days. And so much of the modern world that we know uh, came from the world he created and I think that deserves a little bit of uh, fun a little bit of uh, pushing a little bit of uh, knowledge and uh, I don't know it's uh, he's fun so you're an admirer I'm an admirer yes I am I'm neutral I mean he's French
1: so I'm kind of predisposed to not like him I suppose no if it yeah Mm -hmm. never mind never mind that's okay
2: (laughs) and I'm building a guillotine Right, you're building a team. <laughs> really?
0: Yes, and I knew that you were definitely not kind of into this here. Uh, well,
2: I probably have the broadest egalitarian streak, uh, of of the three of us. Now, not that the other two here are authoritarians or anything. Or elitists. Or elitists. Not at all. Not at all. But I just I, I I have that good old American egalitarianism really runs through my bones, so Talking about kings in a positive way is just difficult for well, me.
1: Well, now
0: that's not fair. Uh,
1: that's your Jacobite roots. Uh, yeah, so on. I get
2: that.
0: That's not a problem, you know. Uh, but we if, just because he's a king, shouldn't he shouldn't be... Uh, right, you have high praise for uh, Elizabeth.
2: Yeah, yeah. But she's a constitutional monarch well, with I mean, very see, limited that's
0: one of political my, power. That's one of my whole issues, though, is the fact that... Uh, just because somebody comes from a different time and a different way of looking at things, we should not absolutely dismiss them as bad. And I think Louis is one of those yes. that really that really fits that.
2: And, and we, to be fair, we do often call for understanding things in context. Absolutely, yep, context is king. So, Oddly but enough, you know, yeah, and he's still a divine right of kings exemplar. Who thought his shit didn't stink?
0: Well, it's uh, you're you're quite little literal on that because you know as you uh, as you may or may not know that uh, they watched kings defecate at times in at, at this time. Really? Well, yeah, because otherwise, how do you know that they're healthy? Uh, that's kind of the only thing they had. Uh, if you saw the TV series Outlander. Uh, in, in the second season, when they go to France, they show that actually that's Louis, that's that's his great grandson, Louis the Fifteenth. But they make this big thing together about the king's coming and he's going to go to the potty. They don't say that word. That's my word. Uh, and we're going to watch because everybody wants to make sure that okay. And he's constipated, and uh, Jamie Fraser, the Scot, you know, because if it ain't Scottish, it's just crap. He's the one that tells him you really ought to try some porridge. It'll fix that. And uh uh, and he basically says, well, isn't that something that the peasants eat? He says, well, if not, if you ate it, then it would be what the royal people eat. And he goes, okay. And takes care of business, apparently. Uh, Interesting. Well, Diana Gabaldon, she's, she's an amazing author. I really, uh, I really love the way she does things. We're kind of getting off on a, on a tangent here. But that's okay. Uh, because Louis is bloody complicated. He's complicated is it, is it
1: emphasis on the bloody at times
0: sometimes that's correct yeah, uh, but they all work at the time. Character. that's correct uh, and i and i do want to uh, kind of set up i'm going to talk a little bit about him about him i cannot give you his bio in any length of time that we have here it is too complex you really really need to read some some books about him uh, at because... least start with
2: wikipedia Absolutely, that's that's it I mean, is an excellent place. But you can give us a couple of highlights of the bio. Just give I'm going. Us, I'm going to that uh, context stuff. You got to frame it. Uh, now
0: I first. will tell you this: the book you need to read on because there's tons of them out there, uh, is the book by Oliver mm-hmm. uh, Olivier Bernier. I know it's French. I'm probably butchering that. It's simply Louis. No, that would be correct. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: I, I'm going because uh, there's a, a, a Bernier that was um, uh, goalie for the Red Wings.
0: Whatever gets you there, okay. French Canadian, uh, yeah. yeah, French Canadian. Yeah, he is. It's a very recent biography of him. I read that bad boy cover to cover, ebook version, uh, and I loved it. He also did one on uh, his successor and great grandson, mind you, uh, Louis the Fifteenth. Uh, because
2: yeah, lived both his son and, and his grandson.
0: grandson. That's correct. And he was partially because of his long reign, he dominated uh, European politics during his lifetime. But it's not all it was. I don't want to minimize him by saying that. Uh, he, he, he was born in 1638. Uh, he was This is shortly after Cardinal Richelieu, the Three Musketeers and all that. That's a, a place we can kind of hang our hat. Uh, it's the middle of the Thirty Years' War. That's exactly right. England and France are definitely going at each other as well as the whole Europe. And Now, this is something I know partially from
1: my... Uh, reading of uh, some alternative history mm-hmm. and actually a sort of alternative history science fiction books, but set during the Thirty Years' War. But one of the things that was a big deal was that uh, he came late to his parents. Yes, uh, he did. And one of the reasons he's called the Sun King is because he was, it was considered to be a miracle. Uh, there are some... That believe he's not actually the son of his father.
0: That's that is correct, and of course, Alexandre Dumas, you know, does a whole lot of that yeah. business. in Supposedly, there, Mazarin
1: is the father.
0: That it that's been said as well. That's that's, what, at least that's one of the theories. That there are several. Yeah. Uh, the whole man in the iron mask business. If you mm-hmm. watch the TV series Versailles, you get some of that. I'll get into that in a minute. That's a great way of making this accessible. Uh, but you're exactly right. Uh, he was born very late to his parents. And uh, and, he, and he was the, the heir and then comes the spare. Uh, his brother, Philippe, comes shortly after him, the Duke de, de l'Orléans, uh, who eventually was the founder of the Orléanist line of kings, you know, uh, 150 years later. It comes through, comes through his brother. Uh, both of them are portrayed uh, amazingly well in the Versailles TV series. But uh, he was a little bitty fella when his father dies early. And uh, he... He, his minority takes place uh, for like 16 years. He's like four when his father dies, five. Uh, and uh, his mother becomes regent. She wasn't supposed to do because, you know, see, she's Spanish. And we're not really all that trusting of the Spaniards at this point here.
1: Well, yes, the Spaniards are, are uh, Habsburgs. That's right. At this time. And... You know what? That's one we've got to do. We have got to do a history episode about the Habsburgs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because correct. The history of the Habsburgs is the history of Europe mm-hmm. for 500 years.
0: That's correct. Yeah, this is just one brief moment of that. And, Of course, we've talked about the end of the Habsburgs with World War One. So, right. uh, and this probably
1: is the beginning mm-hmm. of the end of the Habsburgs. as it is. the major
0: players. It is uh, the war. The War of Spanish Succession. Really, they they take it on the chin bad. Louis yes. Louis does too. All of Europe. Nobody won that. Uh, I mean, ultimately Louis lost, but uh, everybody was really in bad shape uh, after that was all over with. I'm kind of getting even though
2: they have this division, uh, they're still united in Catholicism.
0: Oh yes, they are. That is which kind of makes this even worse uh, in many ways. And it's
2: setting up friction with England, correct? Who is Protestant this time? Yes, at the beginning of Protestantism in England, that's correct. But Richelieu also
1: was willing to. to work with Protestants, if it favored the French, that's correct. Because Richelieu was nothing but a nationalist and, and, and a patriot. Let's put it that way: a patriot, a nationalist yes. has other connotations. He was a patriot first and foremost. After being a Catholic,
0: that is correct. And see that's maybe one, even before. Being it's Catholic. one of the lessons Louis didn't learn. Uh, he did for a while, but ultimately, uh, his uh, he became a great Protestant persecutor against the Huguenots much later almost to his own well, to his def- own detriment because he just decided he wanted to. It was kind of the other side of where I'm going with all this is the divine right of King's business has advantages. Right. So, and he actually he
1: goes against the peace of Westphalia because that's, does. That's, part of the settlement was
0: that you're supposed to let the people choose the religion they're going to follow. That's correct. That's right. And uh, once he, uh, he, he, he changes over time... Uh, Again, seventy-four years. Uh, he was absolutely brilliant at times, and he was absolutely stupid at times. Uh, he was one, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned Cardinal Mazarin because he was the one who helped bring him up in many respects. He yes, was, he was, and he was a good man. Uh, history was uh, yes, he is. History
1: speaks well of him. Uh, he was in service to the Pope, uh-huh. um, Pope Urban VIII, yep. prior to coming to uh, to serve France. And he was, and Mazarin is not actually his name. Yeah. It's Mazzarini.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Mazzarini is a long line. Uh, matter of fact, Pope Urban VIII, I believe, is his uncle, mm-hmm. if I remember this correctly. Yeah, and he was very much in the high-ranking power structure of Rome. Mm-hmm. He was right there at the top. Matter of fact, there is a square in Rome named after the Mazzarini family, mm-hmm. and it was his property. I only know this because of that book because there's <laughs> some <laughs>
0: historical details. It's really cool when you get there. You yeah. realize, oh Magical. my God this book that I read took place right here. Yeah. Mastern is an amazing amazing personality. Yeah. Uh, uh, he He's not, he is truly, uh, I don't want to call him a saint, I won't go that far, but he is brilliant administrator, both politically uh, as well as religiously, he taught Louis well. There was a lot of lot of was worry in. about him because yeah. he was not French; he's Italian. Yes, uh, and his, of course, mama was, uh, you know, Spanish at this yes. time. So a whole uh, a lot of people felt that they would bring down the Frenchness, as it were, of, of France at this time. But he was very
1: astute, uh, and, and Richelieu. Took him under his wing. That's, That's how he became... That's right. Uh, yeah. he's, he's Richelieu's successor. I don't think we the said successor, that. successor, yes. And he was very smart. Uh, his, I mentioned his name is not Mazarin, it's Mazarini. He changed it to Mazarin mm-hmm. to be more French. Correct. That's right. And it's probably not pronounced Mazarin. It's probably like Mazarin or something like that. Right. Uh, pronounced in French. I mean, he did that to fit in, to show that he was trying to be French. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. right. I, I, he, he, if there's anything good that Louis does... A lot of that, if not all of it, comes from Mezarin and Anne, his and mother. And his mother, that is correct. Because he was definitely a mama's boy.
0: Well, there's no question. Of course, father's gone, yes. uh, and anybody could have swayed him. That was the, the intention or the thought and the worry uh, in the country at the time, and it almost happened. One of, uh, and I do think it's important to understand, if you want to understand Louis, uh, and in the book by Bernier it was very clear about this, Everything that makes him who he is, everything he works on later in life for those long years comes from what's known as the Fronde. It's a rebellion that took place when he was still a child. He's reigning, he's in charge. They actually break into his bedroom in Paris at one point and scare and scares both the hell out of him and his parent his mother and everybody. Almost had they had it not been for him being the king. They could have done anything they wanted to him. They almost did, but that was just enough to prevent him from having harm. Uh, And he never, ever, ever forgot that after that. And he reigned accordingly uh, because of that, uh, from that fear that he had. uh, And everything he did... Uh, the entire the, the palace at Versailles was built to prevent this sort of thing from ever happening again the divine right of kings which his mother pushed on him was was was, was he embraced that because this cannot ever happen again uh, in many respects he kind of saw into the future uh, what the French Revolution really could have been like and ultimately was it was actually worse he saw that because of the Frondé and uh
1: yeah, mob rule. I mean, that's that's
0: exactly right. Yeah. Paris was famous for that. Of course, it's going to boil over uh, uh, for his uh, twice successor, Louis the Sixteenth. Well, you know, that's
1: part of the problem with divine right of kings because we saw it with the War of the Roses. Mm-hmm. Just because you control the capital shouldn't mean that you control the country. That's right. As we saw recently in this country, briefly occupying and being idiots in the capital mm-hmm. is it's not really an insurrection. It really is a riot, mm-hmm. especially that's right.
0: when. Please, kind of let it happen. Right. It's it's not something that ultimately, uh, but it scares the hell out of the people in power. It does, and it really does. they are, they are very reactionary usually towards that. And, and Louis was very much that. Uh, and he also recognized too. Louis was all about the glory of France, and that's a it's, that's a, that's a nationalistic thing. But it's also the people of France.
1: Yes, but I think partially that's tied up in his divine right. It is. Absolute rule. Because mm-hmm. the glory of France is his own glory.
0: That's correct. They're, so t- they're, they're tied, tied they're going to be tied together. Yeah. This is also,
1: uh, it's not the end, but it's pre- its getting close to the end. It's probably, now, there's probably still another 150 to 200 years of this, but uh, we're, I've talked about this before. You know, one of the reasons that World War One happened is because that truly is the end of you go to war because of, rulers feel slights against one another. That's right. Or yeah. because they're grabbing their own personal glory. Louis he's still was, in the middle of
0: this. He's very much in the middle of that. and He does it well. I mean, he does. Uh, in fact, that was his policy, is yes. constantly be at war. It, well, if you're not at war, you're preparing for it. That's exactly Peace right. He's preparation for war. Very much so. And he uh, he recognizes that in the Europe of his day, the only way to ever succeed is to beat your rivals.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, think about the, the formation. You've got... Uh, Thirty Years' War, mm-hmm. which was literally, if by the standards of World War One, it was the First World War, not it World is. War One, right? Because it was literally every country in Europe had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were more countries then than there are now right. Right, at the beginning of World War One, because you have all of the Germany's plural.
0: Right, and there's alliances going on here, and, too. and they're shifting constantly. Yeah, so
1: there's that plus, you know, the the, the mob breaking into his. Mm. Uh, his bedroom as a child. All of these things are going to be formative in how the country should. The be The only from. way
0: to keep the country strong is to keep attacking outward. Yeah. Now we recognize the fallacy of that, but you understand with the weapons that he had at the time, that's a very logical. Well, that's also the position
1: of everybody else, so it kind of has to be your position. You don't. Too. You don't have
0: much choice on that. So I'm not. I don't ding him for that. Uh, he believed in the divine right of kings, but for uh, he would be what Thomas Hobbes would call the enlightened despot. He really, I mean, it's my way because I say so, but he also believes he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's not one to just, and that's a difference to me between, say, Henry VIII or Bonaparte, which are on either side of him In historic, historically. They do it because they want to for themselves. Louis may do it for himself, but he's always believing that doing it for myself is automatically doing it for the country, and everybody benefits He's very important. He's very. Except for the people that, that.
2: that he kills in the war. Well, that, well he, that, I mean, because he's, so he's using a, he's using war as a tool mm-hmm. to pacify internal dissent. Right, but I, if I, I can I, keep you focused on an outside, well, that's and, part and of it. You're not going to be focused on me as the enemy.
1: No, I don't. Well, no, I, I got. No, I I, no, I got to agree with with Martin on this. There's one. some of that, yeah, because I think that, that the driving out of the, the French because there are, there are almost no Protestants. In mm-hmm. France, even to this day, it's a very small minority. Mm-hmm. It's like 93% Catholic. I don't know what the exact percentage is, right. but it's somewhere around there, is my guess. If I'm wrong, listeners, you know, drop us a line at snakesandotters.com or on our Twitter feed at, at snakesandotters. Let us know because I rely on you guys for my fact checking. And I'm lazy, <laughs> um, so you know there is some of that. But I would also argue that he's right in the sense that he probably does believe uh, that. Francis is right that that Louis believes that it is good for the country because we're still in a time where rulers believe that the country should have one religion. Nobody really likes the Peace of Westphalia, you know, where um, while you may be able to have a state religion, you can't force people to follow it. Right, and that is brand new in history. Right, it is the first stab at religious freedom that we would, or or something we would. Mm-hmm. Traced religion that, that,
0: that yeah. we would recognize yeah. as, a, as an attempt And at Louis is still kind your, of tied that. up in the whole. Well, but if you have internal dissent over religion, you have internal dissent, and back to the Fronde again, we might get, we might lose our our heads. We might, you know, this is serious business here. Well,
1: when you're divine right, mm-hmm. if you have differing views on religion, totally different religions, mm-hmm. that throws into question the divine right.
0: Yeah, and also and, uh, something else to remember. Uh, This is also during the time of Oliver Cromwell, and Charles I has has lost his head over this issue. So Mm -hmm. those two things together going on in the world around you, uh, Louis is going to do everything he can to uh, keep control, and he was very, very talented in this. He's the first one. In fact, that's what he does. The whole concept of... Uh, and it's in the T V series very clearly on this. The reason Versailles was not did not just stay a hunting lodge, because that's what it was. It wasn't it was a, a hell of a hunting lodge. Well, I mean, the original if you look if you look at the actual building itself, it was much, much less than when he started. It was his father's hunting lodge than when he ended it, because he, he spent oodles and oodles of money there, expanded it and the Hall of Mirrors, all that sort of stuff happened under his watch. Because he figured out, if I can get my aristocrats away from their provinces, they can't cause me trouble. Right. And he brings them under his roof, literally in this case, because all patronage comes from him.
1: Right. It's the one thing that the French king's were never able to do it's why the french had so many i mean the, the english had so many civil wars mm-hmm. is their nobility were constantly plotting against the king and louis he, sees this he's learned this yes, you so he's, he's figured out a way to keep the nobility in line without letting them plot against him because if they're constantly under his roof
2: they rely on him for everything
0: and that's and that to me is brilliance it's
2: political genius. Right, so so they're me... separated. They're separated from their retainers, and their yes, they armed men and all that stuff. Yes, they have less ability
1: to to uh, to cause trouble in that sense. So let me stop you right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my question, actually, let's put the question on hold for just a second. This is probably a good point in the episode to yep. bring up bourbon because really, how can you not talk about bourbon when you're talking? Granted, he's not a Actually, is this the bourbon? He is. Ah,
2: perfect. He's a bourbon king. That's correct. Yes. So, House of Bourbon. Yeah, Bourbon. Yeah. yeah. He's a bourbon. Yeah, so you know, we're I've Americans. been thinking that we need to give this break in each episode some kind of real name. Oh, that's an excellent idea. Some kind of. We always just say it's time to stop and talk bourbon or. So we need to give it like a name, like Bourbon Talk or Bourbon Break. Or the House of Bourbon? I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's uh, timely at the moment. I'll be rejecting that one. <laughs> so, <true. laughs> so Bourbon Break or something alliterative uh, is good. Excellent but idea. I'll have I'll to think about that. we we'll yes. have to ponder on that. Now, Robert's very creative, and I'm sure he'll come up with something good.
1: Excellent idea. Excellent idea. So I'd like to talk about bourbon in the middle of the episode, well, although we often talk about it during the episode, but, um, you know... It's our time, listeners, to indulge just a moment uh, of your time to talk about one of our favorite things. Now, none of us are alcoholics. We generally don't drink unless we're together. Yeah. Correct. I mean, I'll have an occasional beer in the evening. Yep. Occasionally, it's a little bit of bourbon. But I'll either be drinking bourbon with you guys or over at the rectory. Because that's usually where I do mo- Before this is where I did most of my drinking. And is I, that the rectory? I, uh, yeah.
2: I do like a glass of wine with uh, especially beef. If I have some kind of beef meal, if I have the opportunity, I will get a red wine to go with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Professor Mendel, my friend that uh, uh, has a doctorate in molecular genetics, uh, a friend of ours, uh, so I call him uh, Professor Mendel or Dr. Mendel, recommended Spanish wines to me, and I've tried a Crianza. Oh, yes, because of his wife. Yes. So i tried a Crianza, which was good and went really well with my Christmas prime rib that I blogged about on snakesandotters.com, so, but I'm probably the only one of the three of us that'll have, like, wine with a meal like that, right? Yeah, I'm not really big I'm on a a wine. Big wine.
1: Um, when I do have wine, I prefer it sweet. I'm yeah. I'm real big on the, on the dry wines. I like the... Yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I try... I don't... I'm not a big Cabernet, so I would I usually stay away from Cabernet. Um,
1: my wife has gotten into the last uh, eight or ten years uh, through our friends uh, that we met at church... Uh, um, oh shoot, what is it? It's a little bit bubbly, but it's not champagne. Uh, it's not even called a sparkling wine, probably like a moscato. Moscato, that's it. It's a moscato, yeah. That's yeah, yeah sweet dessert wine yeah. type thing. Yeah. Uh, a peach moscato, I really like, really. Yeah, that's not gonna be my first call, but you know, I, I like that. But this is bourbon, this it's bourbon, yes. Here it is, bourbon, bourbon talk, yes, right. it's, it's yeah. bourbon, time. bourbon talk. So, uh, I have uh Finished my my double-oaked Woodford Reserve, finally. Have to get a new bottle. And I moved on to the uh, the Four Roses, uh, although that's uh, still got a fair amount there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Excellent bottle. This is the Four Roses, not the small batch, which I think I'm going to try and get the next time, Mm -hmm. uh, just to see how much of a difference there really is. But for your basic bottle, it's not your screw top. Bourbon, So it's a little bit higher end than, yeah. uh, you know, like your early times. Uh, it's not, you could, I wouldn't call it, you wouldn't even call this a mixing bourbon. I think it's better than that. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it, it, it really is good. I like it with a little bit of ice. I know you gentlemen like yours uh, generally need We're doing neat today. Yeah. yeah. neat. But yeah. I, I like the, the chill in mine. Uh, it's just a good, solid bourbon, especially for the price. This is so <laughs> economical. If nothing else, this is a great starter bourbon because you get started on good bourbon. At a decent price. Yep, and you won't go to garbage bourbon. Sorry, but even bad bourbon yes. is still, still bourbon.
2: bourbon. Yes.
1: Is so what do you out? got? So and you also have
2: that, right? Is yes, that, I have the good four roses. I'm getting a nice nose of it here, getting a nice snort. Um, yes, as they would say with wines, it has a good bouquet. I like that that mm-hmm. uh, aroma that
1: it
0: has. Mm-hmm. Cool. But Francis, what did you think? Oh, the, the maple. I'm still sticking with the maple. Still on the breakfast. World. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the time. Knob Creek maple flavor. I just, I like yeah, it. Yeah, because we,
2: we have returned here again to Studio R. Yes, and uh, the uh, I'm going to can...
0: keep riding that particular horse until I drink it dry. Because sooner or later it's going to happen. Yes, especially if I let you. Well, that's <laughs> right. well, you know, Hey, you know, feel free, you know, feel free no, to no, drink no, it no. all. But... I'm
1: I am, I am more than willing to share my bourbon. I have partake, partook... Of others bourbon often enough to not be jealous of, of uh...
0: we, we we try to make sure we have a variety in yes. each of the in each of our studios so that way we can constantly uh... yes
1: the only bad thing is when we all do a different bourbon is that then we have multiple bottles that we have, it takes forever to get it takes them. forever to finish yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 which is you know.
0: I mean, I'm not seeing the problem actually well
1: no but I mean it, its a, i don't know if it's more monotonous to say we're still working on you know these well, three that's bottles, true uh, or we're still working on this one bottle because <laughs> yeah. it took you how long to get through the larceny bottle <laughs>
2: quite a while yeah quite a while but
1: that's when we were doing uh, remote recording too right we couldn't share we, we couldn't so share couldn't, that's instead. right
0: yeah and you know we can always keep buying more and just lengthen the number of bottles on the shelves that's true
1: uh, I would that we had the bourbon collection that my former pastor had I have seen it and partaken of it. It's it impressive. is uh, impressive. Very yes. impressive, yes. yes. He even has the occasional bottle of Pappies. Although you, I think he's often, uh, he, he has been given those by very Yes, great he, in fact,
0: he, 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 told, he told me that, yes. The last yeah. time I had some of that, uh, he told me that very thing. So yes, I was right. happy for So that. I have I, a I question. Has, yes, Robert I has it. a question. He needs so, to pose.
1: So we've been talking about Louis and, and the circumstances of, and some of the events. It's really sounding a little bit like a history episode, though. Mm-hmm. So, I want to uh, turn are, this why around. Why is he a hero? Yes, correct. yes. Even yes. though it, you're technically the captain, I think you're. Uh, I think you've kind of let us slide off into the the historical part. So I want to. I knew ask that you, was going to happen. Yes. Yes. It's and, okay. And that's and that's, was, and that's was, fine
2: because it gives us context. It's context. It was needed. But I'm at the same point you are. Let's move. I'm, I'm ready to talk the why. What's the why? Why
1: is he for Francis? Because you're talking about him as a hero, I am. So as opposed to someone like a Nietzsche that we needed to know about, you you need to you know yes. need to be familiar with him and his philosophy. Yes. So why is Louis the Fourteenth
2: a hero or somebody to look up to? Maybe heroes too strong. Keep in mind you're convincing the two of us, and I like I said I'm I, mostly indifferent. I'm ready to build a guillotine.
0: I understand that. So you've That's got to right. convince me that he's, uh, he's worthy I'm of gonna, your admiration. I'm going to steal from the movie Waterloo, which we watched together, actually. Sergio Bonaducek from 1971, which can never be made again. He used you know 50,000 Russian uh, extras to, <laughs> to film the thing. It was, it was beautifully and brilliantly done. But there's a moment in there where Rod Steiger, who plays Napoleon is sitting before the battle and saying, you know, okay, uh, what are people going to say about me when I'm gone? And his uh, his aide, who is standing there with him, uh, a young v actually, whose name I really can't pronounce, he says, because you extended the limits of glory. And Napoleon goes, meh. Uh, but there's some truth to the fact, the reason I love Louis Fourteenth is he is efficient. He is brilliant. He works for the common good, ultimately, that's what he. That's always in his At least mind. He believes, that's that. What he believes that. That's correct. He there's, did there's a belief.
2: reform the finances of the nation, and was able to. Uh, I think, if I remember reading this right, he remitted some taxation. And correct. Absolutely. Well, equalized taxation. Colbert
0: was his minister of finance. He doesn't get near enough credit for doing that, but Louis allowed it. He, I mean, he Louis Louis was a great leader, and that's why I love him. Is because he is he understood to pick the right people. He understood the forces that were allayed against him. He recognized that we have a goal that we need to achieve, uh, and that is for the greater glory, in his case, the greater glory of France. And he was able to successfully meet his goals most of the time. he viewed the glory of France as his own as well. Well, The fact that the two are inextricably linked to me I am the state. That's right. He he didn't say that, by the way. Uh, He said to have said that, but he he didn't. but that—that's—that is his philosophy. That's correct. But that's irrelevant. Uh, essentially, he's doing what he believes is right for the good of his country. We can cover it with his language or our language. It doesn't really matter. And he, well, he was, took seriously the
1: responsibility of, that being, goes of with being, the king, being of being the
0: king, That's exactly right. Um, that's why I love it.
1: And you know, I would, I would say that if anybody in this story, as you know, we all love our stories. Mm-hmm. If anybody in the story is the most admirable, it's Mazarin.
2: Oh, I'm not, I don't want He's to diminish this guy. That. See, that's kind of, to me. I'll give I'll give Louis credit for not viewing being king as just his own personal hogwallow. Well, that's correct. Right. He's no Henry VIII to roll that's around. That's exactly in.
0: it. He does not do what he does out of selfishness, as a general rule, because he since he and the state are linked in his mind. By doing things... Well, it sometimes may be selfish, but it's not... Well, the actions might be, but the intentions... It's not the same thing as as a Henry. That's exactly right. right. I want what I want. And uh, trust me, nobody told the king no. You kind of know that. And he he was a horned dog. There's no way we need oh, yeah. to talk about that. Yes. He had mistresses after mistresses after mistresses, two wives. He's French. It, 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 well, that, well, <laughs> well, that whole stereotype kind of comes from him, believe it or yeah, not. It yeah. really does. Yeah, and, I
2: mean, I'm willing to give credit for not viewing France as his own personal hog wallow. Correct. But it does strike me that the guy you really should be celebrating then is Mazarin. Oh, I have no problem with that either. I yeah. think he
0: very much deserves that.
2: And oddly uh, enough, Richelieu. Richelieu is
1: is
0: seen as one of the great villains of history no, I you. do not think he is no thank you Damas. I mean he made he's a convenient one yeah for him I think
1: uh. Richelieu is a great patriot mm-hmm. as Americans would understand that all right Richelieu all right. trained Mazarin mm-hmm. he, he Mazarin is his handpicked successor and between the two because Richelieu would have had some formation uh, with uh, with the king but mostly it's Mazarin mm-hmm. but Masner, I think, is the one, especially with his mother, they are the ones, I think, set him up to, to how to view
0: mm-hmm. what a king should right. be. And that's great. And yet, Louis deserves credit because he didn't repudiate that. Right. He could have. No, I,
1: I will grant you that. Yeah, because uh, uh, Henry is Yates a, a very great example. Catholic, a yeah. way of looking at being king.
0: Uh, and he was not afraid to use the auspices of the church to better France. He did that. He would not cross the church. He recognizes he needed the church. That's something Henry never understood. Uh, uh, Louis is I mean, he's ultimate power and yet he reigns wisely he doesn't use it as his hog wall. he doesn't drain the trough dry uh, he, the wars he fights glorify France they don't, they don't leave it a, a, a burned out shell of itself but that's the system he worked with and he's innovative in many ways Versailles itself was brilliant uh, because he had to end feudalism Still very, very powerful in France at this time. And by centralization of what he's done... That's the only he, way to do it. He truly did create a national government. Correct. Uh, which, in in a way that I think we would recognize That's today. That's visionary for the time. Yeah, folks. it's
2: kind of the first time in France, really. Yeah. I mean, in England, there's
0: nobody else has done been that. a little bit ahead of
2: that, a little bit. Well, they got bit. the
0: whole protectorate thing going on here. You know. Right, but I mean, they've had a,
2: a strong parliament. We That's uh, correct. It
0: waxed and waned, but they had a parliament. But, that, it, but that they, they was France real. did too. But Louis pretty much made them irrelevant. Uh, right, and which, partially because they were the ones behind the Fronde, so yeah, he's going to cut them off at right. the knees.
1: Well, he he also ended, at least temporarily, by, lo- by everything being uh, centralized in Versailles. The the mob in uh, Paris
0: totally neutralized that. That's right. correct.
1: Now,
2: of course, by the time we get to Louis the Sixteenth, that that's no longer that's yeah, all changed. But, right. France was always a more fragmentary state than. Britain after the after the time of William the Conqueror, basically. I mean okay, William I the Conqueror makes Makes it all English. makes Britain a fairly unitary
0: state. He does uh, the northern versus but southern tensions, the whole Mercia versus Wessex and East Anglia and all that. That kind of goes but there's away. There's a there's by a the point of the sword. A analogy, consistency
2: but of law, we're all, we're and, all English, and administration across England and the Wales. Law and administration is exactly what. But France that. is always a much more. And then of course this is why you have somebody like Henry V can make progress and take over parts of France because mm-hmm. it is much more fragmentary the king is much less powerful and he does at change that, that at that time he does yeah, yeah Louis yeah. changes he does it completely. change that he makes oh.
0: France a unit and yes. it was before on paper but, but it really is yeah, now. exactly well, in, on paper
2: but in reality it's very much a collection of dukedoms yeah that
1: I will give my, the French credit for this uh, and I think this is very important, because um, this is still, I think, when France was, you know, not something that, you know, as Americans would like to mock. You know, we it, it's a hobby, which probably is, is, we should not be that way, because no. France has been a staunch ally in many ways. That's correct. Um, but at this point, we have to remember how France comes about. France is the successful half of the dissolution of the Holy Roman Empire of Charlemagne. That's right. Yeah. Because so it was we French. have to remember, Frankish. Uh, yeah, we have to remember that Charlemagne divided his empire because France was originally the western half of the Holy Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, 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 It was the Franks mm-hmm. before that. Yep. And unlike Germany, you know, the Germanies that very quickly devolved into yeah. all of those principalities, yeah, they
0: fragmented very quickly, and, and they stayed
1: fragmented, even with the Habsburgs. When they were ruling, they they were not even always the ruler because there were gaps when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because again you had to be elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow the French maintained a national unity as the French, mm-hmm. and maybe it's because the Franks were a uh, had more history as a people. I there's, don't know.
0: There's some of that, uh, but be honest, the conflict with England galvanized them through some times where they perhaps could have fragmented further. Uh, right. and I think the Bretons like and the Normans had their Bretons, own thing Burgundy, for a while. Yeah, the, yeah,
1: all of the 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 English coming down and taking the
0: coastal yeah uh, Aquitaine, regions. Anjou, all those things. Eventually, that's brought together into its own thing as unifyingly French, right? Uh, and that's you know Louis is part of the reason there was never a non-France after this. That was never an issue after Louis. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's uh, right. and that's uh, he made them. Uh, Extended the limits of glory? Yeah, I kind of like that.
1: And, you know, to be fair, and again, that's part of our job here. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not really part of our job. It's just things that we feel we have to point out, sometimes wrongly at the expense of others. Oh, you
0: betcha. Yeah, Louis made plenty, plenty of mistakes. The uh, the the, uh, religious persecution against the Huguenots, history has not looked kindly on him for that, nor should he have, especially considering the fact that it was kind of stupid. Louis should have known better. From a poli- he was a political animal, uh, a par excellence, to use the French, and he should have realized this cannot end well. This cannot end well here. He, uh, part of it, I think, was that, that fear inside him of the Frondé, that if I, these are traitors in my midst, I can never trust them, and I'm not sleeping easy while they're here. I think that was his motivating factor. He let his own fear dictate something that his all of his advisors were clearly saying, don't do this. Don't, yeah, there's no need. There, there's no need. It's, it's bad policy. His brother, uh, the Duke d'Orlon, uh, was very clear about it. Uh, uh, and if anything, he, that's if they were truly a threat,
1: he would be most likely to side with them mm-hmm. Because they would be, you know, it would be a power base for him to build around. Uh, well, you but, have, his brother wasn't like that, right? But he I'm was, saying if, yeah. if that were I mean, traditionally the speaking, threat, anybody else, yeah, the is Duke Darnley, yeah, the, traditionally like uh, Gaston uh, for Louis the Thirteenth, yeah, you know, that was very much a real thing. He would have seized upon the, the, the Huguenots, and meanwhile,
0: with uh, the Huguenots, <laughs> that's right, yeah, uh,
1: uh, he would have seized upon that.
0: Philippe is his own character; he has played. Uh, Amazingly well by Alexander uh, Vlahos, I cannot pronounce his name Vlahos, uh, in the TV series Versailles, and he gets his own due there. These brothers loved each other and were very close. They called him Monsieur. uh was, yes. the, was the was the title he gave, and he and was, that is
1: very unusual in royal families. But correct. again, that's probably Anne and Mazarin's influence.
0: That's correct because the the brothers really, and it comes out in the TV series very well. It's very well written, very historically accurate most of the time. Uh, they loved each other, and they, uh, he would back his brother to the hilt. And they, would, they were sometimes, in many respects, because they both lived through the Frondé together, they recognized, you know, we only got each other. <laughs> in the end, we're the only ones watching out for each other. Louis afforded Philippe a great deal of latitude, uh, and he could do whatever he wanted. And part of that was part of the problem, is because even if he can do what he wanted, now what do you do? He didn't have much, he didn't really have any say uh, to speak of, but he was a close advisor to his brother. I think that is, uh, if you want to humanize Louis, that relationship with his brother is probably the best way. They were really pretty amazing uh, to do that. Because so you're not... right, because normally he should have been the one disaffected that anybody that wants to overthrow the king is going to go to. And would believe would never have any of that. Right. Uh, there were other nobles that tried that on several occasions. Uh, and they, of course, met with... Uh, uh, doom and gloom very quickly Uh, Louis was was nothing if not ruthless when it came to once uh, treachery was uncovered uh, he had no mercy that's hey that's his background well yeah that's uh,
1: that's the 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 way people ruled at the time that's not anything unusual I, I mean I can't fault him for that in in context of the time I can fault him for it because you know mercy Generally, is better. when You're talking about um, uh, things, but I recognize politically that's not always the way it's going to go. So he, he's he's a good leader. You said. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the other? Because we kind of gotten a bunch of. So, well, I mean, that's Because yeah, we're having down. a hard time with. I mean, some, most of the guys that we uh, the people we've picked, it's easy to understand.
2: And for this one, even if we view them as heroes. Not because of personal behavior or good character, but because of fun and great at their craft and things like that. Right, That's part
0: of that. Uh, it's the leadership craft that really... Uh, okay. It, that's it. And, and he had a vision. Right or wrong. One man with a vision. That's right. Can do this. Because okay. we really did need to do that. Vision. Uh, I think his vision and his ability to execute that vision... Uh, essentially, as he intended, he he set his goals. He met his goals. Uh, he uh, whether the goals were worthy or not. I mean, that's a you know, they were a product at the time. I, I guess where
1: and probably Martin would would agree with is I guess where it, it's it's difficult for me. I mean, I have no problem seeing where he was admirable. yeah. Uh, in, in a sense, where he, he did well for his country. Uh, but the way you're talking about what is good, why why. It's almost a dangerous way of talking about it, because being able to meet your goals and being efficient at it is not necessarily good. Because you know, I don't want to use the uh, the obviously the worst example, but the Nazis were pretty damn efficient. Yeah, I was
2: say Himmler was efficient at meeting his goals. Yeah, but, but he's well, not worthy. Zyklon of... like B is pretty efficient.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. I think the fact that you know his belief in what he was doing being right uh, for his goal, which is not a, it's not a bad goal for the glory of your country. Everybody always thinks their goals are right. Well, I understand that. You know, no, they know that. Nobody ever gets up thinking,
1: I think yeah. I'm going to
2: be evil today. Yeah, I mean, shoveling six million Jews into the ovens, Hitler thought that was for the good of Germany.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I don't... Again, yeah, that's an extreme example. We're not saying Louis is that no, level of, No, We're, we're not of, yeah. attempting yeah. to yes. make We're just connection. pointing out that the extreme, extreme vision is, and yeah. meaning it are not necessarily...
2: Yeah, they're That's the easy ones to grab hold of. Yeah. So, but... I guess. Well, there's no question... I guess
1: that's what we're pushing for is something bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe... Eternal questions. Yeah, I mean, because... Well, yeah. maybe.
2: Yeah, because, again, we talked about this. He At least for his first marriage... He's a huge horn dog, completely uh, adulterous, uh, so that's not something that we would admire. No. Um, what did you say was like. Twelve mistresses or something like that. Well, that's I mean, correct. Well, if you I, I do nice 19, nineteen children by twelve women outside of marriage. I mean, he settled down on the second marriage and seemed to be faithful. My God, he was just tired. That's all. <laughs> that's
0: well. That's correct. Well, <laughs> I, I will tell you a good, a really good book on that very subject: the love and love of, and Louis XIV, the Fourteenth and women in the life of the Sun King by Antonia Fraser uh, from two thousand six. Oh, yeah. she's, she's a very, very great author. She examines that of him in depth. Some of this is inevitable, based on the worldview he had and the situation in which he yeah. was. Uh, he could, therefore, he did, and that's not It's necess- not an admirable thing by any means. That's just an explanatory. It, yeah, means. it
1: makes him no different than any other monarch of the day. That's right, but With he, the possible exception of uh, although he's dead by this point, uh, the monarch in Sweden that is, uh, takes part of the early uh, wars of. Early part of the wars in uh, Thirty Years' War, he was apparently devoted to his wife. He actually wrote hymns. as a Lutheran. Yeah. But there were there were a few yeah, of were, those out
0: there. That's right. Well, but the
1: preponderance were horn
0: dogs. Right. Well, Charles I, believe it or not, was supposedly faithful to his wife. Of course, he lost his head. Yeah. Uh, Charles II, was, of course, and,
1: and Henrietta was not exactly one most would think you would be faithful to. History does not speak well of her either. No,
0: not at all. And uh, it's, you know, hey, things happen. You know, there are love matches. Well, George III is a great example, too. I mean, he and Queen Charlotte, they had like 13 kids, and they were very devoted to each other. Cause, so it does happen. Yes, it does. Yeah, uh, whereas Henry VIII, well, we kind of know all yeah. the whole business about that yeah. sort of stuff. But uh, um, uh, I recognize that Louis is uh, is very flawed individual. But... but. He his his great reign and his bringing his country. I What's speak, great? I I guess I, mean, yeah. I, I don't mean to to push
1: so hard on this, but and maybe this is just my failing in this, but I'm just looking
0: for something bigger than he met he, his vision. He unified France. That's it. And yeah. He he made her a po- a power to be reckoned with. Yeah. Wasn't she already a power?
1: to be Not really.
2: With? No. It, she, yeah. I mean, it, it was a much more fractional. That's Kingdom correct. Than before him, that's correct, and that, and
0: maybe that's it. Is uh, he he made when, when I when I, I kind of flippantly used the word you extended the limits of glory earlier. That's really what I'm talking about. He made his country a force to be reckoned with on the continent, in continental affairs, and uh, that's something I think is admirable. Uh, he he uh, France was no longer this backwater. Uh, that it had been at times. I mean, England dominated her during the Wars of the Roses and during the Hundred Years' Wars and all this stuff because of that fractionalization. Uh, England already had that kind of down because of the Norman conquest. Uh, the Germanys, we've talked about the fact that they were completely ununified. Uh, Louis unified France, and uh, that's, that's a good thing. But is
2: that enough to hang your hat on for the high standards of snakes and otters heroes? Yes, that's a great way to put it. I, I think well, that is a great. to I mean, uh, Hey, I yeah. understand here that you're analyzing the history, and you're you're looking at someone, who had a an impact on history, and and describing that impact, uh, in a positive way. But you're not really giving me a reason to tear down the guillotine. Well, if you hey, that's entirely up to you. I mean, to me, you know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not building. I'm not helping you build it. But i
1: I guess I'm. You know, this has got to be a first, though. This is the first in our it, heroes where
0: we've not all agreed. This is true. Uh, that's exactly right. And it, Which I
1: think is fascinating. I think this is a. In many ways, this is yeah. a much better episode it, it, for it.
2: And I would come. You know, again, as as a, a proponent of, of the American idea of revolution and and nation building. And I would come to eventually. Um, Condemn the guillotine. Yes, you know. I, I, don't make a mistake here. I'm not applauding what would eventually happen in France. No, no, With the Directory and all that, and and talk about some complicated French history. You know, the the front the post. French Revolution era is a huge mess, yeah, and a complete disaster it, because it's fueled by revenge and it's, it's never all, revenge. all the things that Washington stamped out of our revolution, they let run wild. Yeah, well, it never gets never goes away until the end of World War Two in many respects. Yeah. yeah, so, but in this case, I mean, I'm kind of with them when it comes to chopping King's heads off. Yeah, see, and I think. Yeah, I don't think I he's think worthy he would, of having his
1: head chopped off. Now, I, I, I'll, I'll grant you. It's probably easier as a Catholic to say he wasn't so bad. <laughs> uh, you have a forgiving streak, yes. yes. Okay. Uh well but also but absolution, French is he, a Catholic he country. Well, and, and, and he and was very really Catholic. Catholic. That's Ad, correct. Yeah.
2: Absolution and redemption are built into your worldview. Yes. They're built into your genes. I have to I have to try to find another resource for that, but sure. I need to add that to my worldview. I need to be that Washingtonian you know we've so, all suffered I mean, in
1: service. He, let's put it this way so uh, so we look for for great leaders it, it, it anybody can well not anybody but it's one thing to make your country
2: strong mm-hmm. it's another thing to do great things with your country mm-hmm. to advance the cause of the human condition
0: yes but in the in the time that he lived is that even possible Sure. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Is uh, judging him by our standards, you'll never get him to be a hero. Hero, but uh, judging him by the times that he was at, why wouldn't you?
2: Well, but I mean, I think the if you judge any king by that uh, the standard of their time, then you know anybody that didn't end up the way Charles the First did, you're probably going to have. Some admiration for oh well, some but, but yeah, there's there's I, plenty of uh, douchebags. Uh, I, I in, don't in think these... it's wrong to then judge these elements of history by the high standards of snakes and otters. Well, we're right. going, I mean, it,
0: these two are not mutually exclusive. No, they're not. But I, but
1: yeah, to your point, you know, just because uh, it happened 300 years ago doesn't mean that. What, what was heroic now, or what was heroic then, should still be heroic now, and vice
2: versa. Character uh, is ageless. Char- yes. Wow. Yeah, and, but, but Louis is complicated. Well, we're all complicated. Well, Trevor Slattery, I'm... I, I'm I, I'd yes. See, and that's
0: kind, of the, that's kind of why I like him, is because he is complicated. He was uh, a great sinner, but he was amazingly uh, powerful and efficient at what he did. Uh, he he was he did not drink the trough dry he did not you know that
2: to me there's pers- some redemptive elements absolutely to his for life. the fact and that what he is a
0: had counterpoint that counterpoint
1: to all of the illegitimate children what's a counterpoint to the driving out the Huguenot population mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, the, to, to the persecution the, the, the unification
0: happens. of France the, the making it uh, uh,
2: able uh, he his people benefited under him tremendously. He did, he did, like I said, if I read it right, he, he evened out the tax burden that's a little correct. bit. That's correct. That's right. Uh, that is very commendable, especially for the day. Yeah. The tax system at the time he, he did... He restrained had, the aristocracy, yes, yes. Uh, so, which would... which Because uh, they benefited from the tax situation. They were correct. not the ones paying. They were the well, ones I mean, benefiting. Yeah, he, for the he benefit start, of the people... Yeah, he, he made them start paying up. That's exactly right.
0: See... But then again, we're also judging him based on our modern day ideals, and I don't
2: think that's fair. I really don't, uh, and that's that's the historian in me. I know, I know that. I know. I know. I know. We're, I'm struggling too because we always talk about context, and maybe that's the point. And we always talk about judging these people in context, but at the same time, we're all about eternal questions, and, etern- and we're not excusing. Character is ageless. But, yeah.
1: Right, what's true now is true then, what's true then is true now. What is good Why is he right not a bully?
0: Because he could have been, but he wasn't. Uh, and, except know, on occasion when, and to be honest,
1: so he usually So his it.
2: restraint is admirable.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, I will, I will grant you that. That's right. For the day mm-hmm. and the view of uh, what it meant to be a monarch by pretty much every monarch mm-hmm. of the day. That's right. Uh, any amount of restraint of not being Henry VIII mm-hmm. is somewhat admirable. Yeah. That's right, because he is the poster boy for selfish dick
0: king. Correct. In, Henry, in, the that, in the worst sense of that. Yeah. yeah. yeah correct. And Louis is not king. that. <laughs> you know, Louis is king not king that. England. I mean, he is. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. And not saying he, he's the horn dog, but well, you know. But, but he apparently, though, I will say this: he
0: took care of his illegitimate all children. Of them. He legitimized a good number of them uh, against the the uh, ways of the times too. He, he yes expended a great amount of political capital. Uh, to do that... So but, I will
1: I will give him props for that. Because cool. that is
0: unexpected. Well, see, family mattered to him. And France mattered to him.
2: And I get that. Okay. I mean, there are worse things you could write on the tombstone than, you know, France mattered and family mattered. So I'd like to think uh, I'll so. I'll give him a little something there. Yeah. That's yeah. Extended the limits of glory.
1: I mean, ruling for 72 years and 110 days, you're going to F something up. Mm-hmm. You're going to make some bad
2: decisions. He did. Yeah, that's right. But he made a but lot. But you're also ones. going to make some good decisions yeah. because otherwise
1: somebody would have built the guillotine. Yeah. Before you got and to the, 72 it.
2: would have happened again. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe our, our difficulty is also a lack of uh, knowledge in the area. Yeah. Because obviously, he's France is far better read on, on Louis than we are.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's worth your time, gentlemen. I think you will. If you can restrain your Republican tendencies a little bit, uh, and and think of him uh, with the medieval mindset, because he's bloody un-American. Well, that's the point. Not everything has to be. And certainly, you can't judge him him that way. Uh, you're talking about this is this is Renaissance times. Well, uh, no, this would be no. 1643 to 1715. That's post-Renaissance. That's it's post-Renaissance exactly. So it's it. You've you're got the Baroque the, period. Yes, and as we all know, if it they ain't, ain't broke, don't, don't fix it. Yes, that's great. I was knew that was I, don't know,
2: I, I feel like I should end this uh, episode by singing the Star Spangled Banner or something here. Oh,
0: was, uh, we, we, we have spent so
2: much you're time on. such a Francophone here.
0: Actually, like I'm, I'm more of an Anglophone than a Francophone, and you all well, On this know, particular incident, yeah, I uh, definitely am. You yeah. are Francophone, and, and the intention of that is to recognize that, uh, and it was kind of personally for me. Uh, I know I can tell you the kings of England themselves by memory, very, very clearly you all know this. My bookshelf has books on each one of them, and I recognizing by doing that, they're working dealing with France all that time. And I knew more about the French monarchy than I, than I realized yeah. and I'm thinking. We ignore that at our peril, and I think that's kind of the American attitude: is if it's England, we'll embrace it; if it's France, they didn't like them, so we don't like them. That's not which right. is very ironic, because very ironic. for the
1: first hundred years, it would have been the other way around. Yeah. That's
0: correct. We were uh, if if you if you want to talk about America and France, we should love them. We really should. Because uh, without we we the French, we, 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 were, we would still be British. We owe yeah. them a lot. Yeah, we now, a lot. Hey, we've paid a lot back,
2: and that's but that's the way it's to be. It's it's we've saved be. them twice from the Huns. That's correct, yes. and that's not a bad thing. Yes, about, you know. So I think that entitles us to a little judgment, <laughs> a little, a little cheese-eating surrender monkey. Uh, yes.
0: Yes. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. But they yes. were not always such. No, Louis is Louis was, is one, kind of, Louis was the, one of those moments where they were um, badasses. You know,
1: France has a, a great history, mm-hmm. uh, especially prior to the revolution, mm-hmm. uh, prior to the circumstances getting so bad with Louis the Sixteenth. Uh, as I said once before, it may have been during show prep, They are the they're called the elder daughter of the church, mm-hmm. meaning they're the first uh, non Italian property, you know, lands that really embraced the faith, mm-hmm. and they never lost it. That's correct. Yes, yeah. you know, it's not like the Germanies. Uh, you know where it took a long time to yeah. bring Christianity
2: there, even even through anti clerical movements, which were very strong post yes. revolution. Again, yes, post revolution, post yeah. revolution. You know they did see themselves as very anti clerical, uh, especially through some segments of the military, but they do still view themselves as a Catholic nation.
1: They do, and you know that anti clericalism was in large part because the kings used the clergy. As the clerks of government, that's where cleric comes from. Mm-hmm. As yeah. you know, a clerk. And you know when you look at the the role France played prior to 14, the early 1490s, uh, being that bulwark against uh, the the Muslims coming up through Spain. Mm-hmm. You know they, along with uh, the Austrians, prevented the invasion and conquering of Europe by
2: uh, Muslim armies. Mm-hmm. And that's often forgotten. And France did give us Voltaire. He, he who began to then, wasn't he was anti-clerical, but he understood too that the church and the state could be separate and both flourish. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is, that's the yes. Voltaire idea. Culturally, France has given us
0: so much. So very much. Uh,
1: that, that is very true.
0: Not as much as schooling. Well, France and Scotland have enjoyed a extremely close relationship. It's called the forced. Old Alliance. That's correct. Uh, because, you know, hey, they both hate the English. You know, and the enemy of the of my enemy is my friend, as we
2: know. Yes. Yes. And so you go away English or I'll taunt you a second time. Uh, I was wondering if we were going to do that. You notice I did not do this episode
0: in French accent it's that outrageous. outrageous you have an outrageous exactly. I could have, I have done that but I not. did not no well yeah, I, I gotta say we probably would have stopped you real real fast <laughs> but yes now. you would have yeah. stomped on me yes. it's only a flesh wound gentlemen yes. so I think if we, if we I, think I think so we've covered, We're I, mean, right at, uh, I think we have
1: more work to do because uh, I would like to understand this better I'm just, I am sort of get
2: where, where, where Francis is coming from um but I haven't fully bought yeah. into it. And, and, and my feeling in here is that some of the accomplishments that he's attributing to Louis really belong to Mazarin.
1: Early on,
0: but he had to continue them. Let's continue. Well, them. I mean,
2: Mazarin could could
0: implement no policies. He could propose, but he could not. Well, he, those. he he was an advisor and a teacher, and, that, and that's a good what thing. A very influential. A very very influential. No question. That's yes. correct. Because but ultimately unlike in
1: England, where it, the, the, the ones that are helping you rule until you become of age,
2: you know, these guys didn't get killed. No, exactly. Yeah, no. They, they, they it was not as dangerous is, to be a regent. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Mazarin's yeah. view of unifying France as, as a nation. That's, Which is part of his that Catholicism. Becomes, that becomes Louis' view as well. Well, that's yeah. correct. That's
0: exactly right. But ultimately, Louis is the one that gets the credit because Louis is the one that did it. Well, yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah most, I def, most definitely. So, Francis, what's next? Uh, we are going to the dawn of the third age of mankind. Ooh. Pop culture, folks, Babylon 5. I don't know why it's taken us so long to get there. I'm a huge fan. Robert's a huge fan. Martin, not so much. Didn't watch it. But... Yeah, say, it. well, you're going to learn a lot. Uh, we, we record this shortly after the death of Mira Ferland. Uh, yes, very it, sad. Very, yes. very sad. 65 years of age and uh, far too early. She was a wonderful actress. And that kind of yes. prompted us thinking... Phenomenal phenomenal. Uh, and she's not the only one of from Babylon 5. No, I think we have more dead than a lot. That's correct. And that's a terrible thing, of course. And what uh, we thought about is, why haven't we done one? Yes. Well, we're going to fix that next, next episode. We're going to talk about the genius of Babylon 5. What modern television owes to it. Because it owes almost everything, folks. We'll go into more of that, though. And it's just... If you don't know it, you should. It's one of the greatest television sagas ever done. Don't miss it.
2: Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of Eternal Questions. Remember, new episodes published every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major
1: podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on
0: Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.